Welcome to Q&A, a deeper dive with Sam Holm and other guests as we dig deeper into the sermon content each week. Good morning. My name is Ryan Tu. I'm the missions minister here at First McKinney, and we are in our podcast, Q&A, going deeper into the sermons. And so this week, we actually get to get all the questions and answers you ever wanted from Romans 12, verses 1 through 2, because we do have the expert, our executive pastor, Chris Havard. <laughs> this thing has already started uh, started rough, I think, but with that introduction. No, we're doing the old uh, axiom of sales, right? Like you over-promise and under-deliver. <laughs> we're going to kill it. I think you have it backwards. <laughs> okay. Well, either way, uh, if someone's relatively new to this thing, um, tell them a little about yourself. Sure. Uh, well, my name's Chris Savard, and I get to be the executive pastor here at First McKinney, and um, my wife, Lorraine, and I have been here about 10 months, and so we're still kind of getting arms around the whole thing, uh, but super, super, super excited, blessed to be here as a part of this church. Um, I just, I love a church that's about making disciples who live in love like Jesus, so this is really, really exciting time for us to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and if you're not familiar with the podcast, every week we do questions. We really just go deeper into what we've talked about in their sermon. And so because it's 2022, we are in the middle of Romans because we are doing Romans pretty much the whole year. And if you have any questions, you can always text in question, just the word question to 96123. And so we get a few of these questions every week. And so some people text in during the sermon and then afterwards. And so we're just uh, chewing through those and want to really walk people through. But um, as with anything, just getting a little bit of context before we answer questions. Um, Chris, just kind of give us like a, a brief summary of really what you talked about in the sermon when it comes to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Sure. Uh, so yesterday what we we did is we looked at what Paul, uh, the first 11 chapters, he's just kind of laying out this case of um, kind of that we were in a bad way with God. And whether you were Jew or Gentile, we were in, kind of in trouble. And But that he sent Jesus to, to be the Messiah to save us. Uh, again, whether Jew or Gentile. And so he's kind of laid out this kind of what we should believe as Christ followers. And that's really what makes us a Christ follower is the belief in that gospel. Uh, He's going to turn the corner in 12 and start the rest of the book and start talking about, okay, in light of what we believe, this is how we should then behave. And so the very first thing he does in those first two verses says, hey, in view of how merciful God has been. And we talked about this, that word mercy being oitermos, which is, I almost feel it. It's like I, this, this idea of this mercy is I feel it in my gut, in my stomach. I'm that compassionate towards someone and that that's how God is to us. And so a natural response, when you think about how much, it's not that God's just kind of merciful towards us, or he has to be more merciful towards us because, well, he's God. He really, really deeply loves us. And so it's just a, such a natural response when somebody's been that good to you. If a human's that good to you, you, you have this natural response. I, I should do something for them. I should maybe get them a gift, or I, I got to do something. I got to at least thank them. And so the natural response to the oitermos of God is, Paul says, should be that we should be living sacrifices. I mean, that is like fully, 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 fully devoted to God. Of course, then that when you read that, you're like, oh gosh, I don't know if I'm fully devoted to God. Uh I, I want to be, but I don't think I am at times. And so it begs the question, well, how do I get to be this living sacrifice? And he answers it in the second verse, and he says, well, don't be conformed anymore to the way this world works, uh, but be transformed. And you say, well, how do I do that? Well, he tells you, by the renewing of your mind. And so this is huge. If you're going to live this fully devoted lifestyle, living sacrifice idea, then you've got to have your mind renewed. Um 
then that begs another question. Okay, cool. I'd love to have my mind renewed. I'd love to think like Jesus about stuff. I'd love to make all my decisions uh, that honor God. I, yes, I want that. How do I do that? <laughs> my mind renewed. Uh, we talked a lot yesterday just about, well, I think one of the main things that will renew your mind is if you understand your identity. Hmm. Am, am, I, uh, am I a Christ follower who's also, you know, an accountant? Or am I an accountant who's also a Christ follower? Yeah. And go ahead. I mean, well, I just like so many people get wrapped up in their work or what they're doing each day or like you said, the whole, when you wake up, like what's the first thing that comes to mind? Right. And how's that drive your day? It's amazing the difference between those two statements. It doesn't sound, because it's basically the same words. It's massively different. Mm -hmm. Um, because then when you're confronted with this idea, to be a living sacrifice means you're going to sacrifice. There's no possible way to follow God and be fully devoted with a life that doesn't involve you having to sacrifice stuff. That just doesn't exist. And Jesus was very clear about that, so it's not like that's a big surprise to anybody. <laughs> but the only way I'm going to be willing to sacrifice and live that fully devoted lifestyle is if I, first of all, remember what he's done for me, the mercy he's shown me, and... I believe it's worth it that my identity is I'm a Christ follower. I I belong to him. I'm a son of the king. He has great things for me stored up, both in this life and the life to come. And so when it comes time to sacrifice something, I if I'm not if I'm not in the right mindset, if I haven't had my mind renewed, all I'm thinking about is what I'm losing. Oh man, I'm going to forego time, money. Oh man, I wanted to go do that, now I can't do that. Oh, what a bummer. That is one way to look at it. But a renewed mind that says, no, I'm a Christ follower. I am here for the glory of God. That's what I am here for. And the remind, ma- remainder of the time I have on this planet is about that. Um, I believe that the reward that God has for me is so much better than whatever it is I'm about to give up. That's a totally different way to approach something. And so that, you know, when I think about that, I thought, man, what if, what if our church, you know, if all of us, me, <laughs> wh- how different would our lives be if we just woke up every day thinking, I am a Christ follower. I'm here for God's glory. I'm here for the expansion of his kingdom. That's what I'm going to do the rest of my life. That I, I just cannot fathom the difference we, we could make for the kingdom, for the glory of God, if we did that. You're a pastor. I've, I've sat with the staff for a long time. We've, you, know, you get to counsel people and talk with them about what they're going through and all these different things. And so I've had a few conversations where I've realized like there's an identity issue going on here. Oh, yeah. Like eventually you're, you got to drill down to that yeah. and you know, you can ask it in different ways and sometimes you can have a little fun and just go like, who is Chris Havard? And you know, just kind of ask right. like a really awkward question like that <laughs> and see how people respond. Yeah. And so they kind of look at you with a like inquisitive face going, I don't know what you're looking for here. So they just start answering through, Yes, career, mm-hmm. uh, family, all yep. those things. But yep. when you finally get down to it, and when someone can, like you're talking about, passionately say, yes, I'm a son of the king. I'm renewed. I'm restored. I'm redeemed. I'm rescued. All these things. Mm-hmm. And when that is boiling out, what, what I'm hearing you say is, this is your identity. Therefore, that will change the way you, that you live. Yes. And you even referenced it in uh, chapter 11, when Paul finally gets to the point where he just can't do it anymore. He just starts he going erupts, off on yes. do- doxology and worship, right? Yep. So yeah. then that leads to this living sacrifice, which is kind of a funny term, I oh, guess. It's an oxymoron. <laughs> so there's the old axiom that says, you know, uh, something along the lines of the problem with a living sacrifice is prone to get off the altar, right? Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not the the dead goat. No, nope. you're, <laughs> you're a living sacrifice. So how how does someone not um, how does someone not get off the altar? How do you stay true to what we're being called to do here? 
Yeah, that's the $64,000 question. Mm. Uh, all of us can be a, a living sacrifice for, you know, maybe an hour. Uh, but it's the it's the continual doing that. And I think that goes back to what we talked about is the renewing of your mind. And so, and, and that's not a, you don't, I don't think that's a one-time, I know it's not a one-time thing. I don't have my mind renewed. I am having my mind renewed hmm. constantly. And so that's why, you know, it just sounds very churchy, but that's why you have to be, I think, in the Word uh, daily. I think that's why you have to be in prayer frequently. I think that's why you need to be with other brothers and sisters at least weekly. Um, that That's how you hopefully don't get off that altar as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to—that's going to happen, right? Uh, but the way to reduce that is just to do these basic things that I think we all know. I mean— if you've been in church for more than about seven minutes, you know things like being in the Word, being you know in some kind of community of faith, whether it's a small group, it's a D group, being here on Sunday to worship with other brothers and sisters. One of the reasons that you need to be in worship and not miss the worship service is to join with other brothers and sisters in that praise and that worship time through song refocuses, uh, renews your mind about the greatness of God. You're reminded of all the things He's done for you. Which I don't. I think if you miss that, I, I don't know where you're getting that in your life, hmm. right? Like I can, um, I can podcast guys preaching and blah 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 blah. But I just don't know where. If if I miss Sunday morning worship with the body, I don't know. I just don't know how can I recreate that in my living room. I mean, that, you can't. You that's you have to be here for that. And so these are the kind of things I think that that remind us of the greatness of God. Mm-hmm. And that helps, doesn't ensure, but boy, it sure helps me be willing to not get off the altar. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, they, he designed it in a certain way. It's the church. It's the gathering. Oh, There's yeah. something uniquely special that happens on the Lord's Day. 100%. Yeah. So uh, I love the question. We got one question that came in okay. um, that I thought was just wonderful because I think a lot of people <laughs> Did you send it in? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> it was not me. Um no, and you're talking about like the spiritual disciplines. Yeah. Now, I, th- I do think before we even get to that is this fun idea that, you know, okay, if we get off the altar for every hour we're failing, you know, so what do we do with that guilt? Like the fact that we're, we are con- consistently failing, what is, what's the answer there? Like what's the quick answer to, man, I'm off the mark. Like what do I do about this? Well, again, not to give a churchy answer, but let's give a biblical answer. First mm-hmm. John 1, 9. I just confess that to God. God... Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a, a guy coined a phrase called spiritual amnesia. Uh, I think it was, uh, oh gosh, what's that guy saying? Anyway, and, I, and the idea was there are, time, there are sections of my day where I just sometimes live, live a whole hour or two hours or whatever, uh, just as if I'm not even a Christ. I, I, I have no thought of God for that time. And he calls it spiritual amnesia. Um, and so... You know, that's just something I think that's going to happen. We're going to struggle with that. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> well, and it's kind of, I mean, like Paul has already said in Romans, do we go on sinning by no means, right? No. right? We are pursuing this life of holiness. Um, we definitely don't do it like what Bonhoeffer would call like cheap grace. Right. But the truth is that, yeah, we have grace. Like, yes. This is what we, this is our freedom. This is how we get to operate. And well, so, and the first John 1, 9 comes into play. Right. Which is, you just, Okay. Gosh, I, I've I have been living my life totally apart from God for a time, whether that's six months or mm-hmm. two weeks or whatever. 
You just confess that to God. It's, first of all, it's not like he doesn't know. <laughs> uh, but the confession, the reason you confess, again, why should I confess to an all-knowing God? He already knows. Mm-hmm. Confess is con, which is the con, the, the, is with, mean, it really means with, mm-hmm. and fess is to say something. So all you're doing is saying with God something he already knows, but it's good for you to say it, mm-hmm. to just admit it. Like when somebody wrongs you, you, you just want to hear him say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Just say it. That'll, that'll fix like most of it. It's kind of the same idea. So I confess to God, hey, I've, I've, for whatever reason, I've just been the king of my life lately, and I know that's not the best path. And so, God, I want you to be king again in my life again and invite that. I, I think, again, if you're a parent, uh, I mean, think about what if your kid came to you and just said, hey, um, I was wrong. I punched my brother in the throat. I probably shouldn't have done that. Uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be that kind of kid. So I just want to confess that. I mean, your heart would explode like, oh my gosh, this a miracle is happening in front of me. How great, how, how full would your heart be about that? Mm-hmm. Well, our father, I think would, same thing. We're going to live apart from him and we come back to him. It's the prodigal son idea, right? Coming back to him. I think he's pretty on board with that. Yeah. And it's, you talked about this in your sermon. The quote was, it was a two ticket ride, right? Yeah. Like it's kind of a, we have our saving faith and yes. we have our living faith. Like, what do you do after mm-hmm. you come to saving yeah. faith in Jesus Christ? And so this person asks, okay, I'm just going to read it out. Uh, how do we know our reading and time with God for the day is enough? When should we be satisfied with our time with God on a given day for the purpose of renewing your mind? This is a great question, uh, and it sounds like something I would have written because I'm kind of awesome. I'm not awesome at a lot of things, but here's one thing I'm awesome at. If you give me a list of to-dos, I will kill that. <laughs> I can drive that in the ground, bro. I you're, can, you're a task guy. I can bring it. Yeah. Now, especially you know. You should look at like executive pastor roles. I think I, think I should fit. do that. Yeah. Um, so I'm all about the task. So tell me exactly what you want, and I can, I'll, you know, about 95% of the time, I can, I can probably get that done. I wish the Lord had said in his word, hey, man, if you'll spend 7.5 minutes or 27.2 minutes, if he had said that, Man, I'd feel good about that. Mm-hmm. So this question is something that's near that's near and dear to my heart. I would have said that. The the issue though is really, I, I think this may be the wrong question. First of all, as I said, the Bible doesn't really tell us how much time. If 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 you really want a time stamp from the Bible, there's Joshua 1 8, where it says we're to meditate on God's word day and night. Uh it's repeated in Psalms 1 2 that we're to meditate on it d- night and day. And so, but that's a that's a, a saying. Uh, obviously, you, you can't sit there and read the Bible all day and all night. That's not re- realistic. That it's a it's a phrase, it's a saying. As in, this should be on your mind a lot. But again, it doesn't answer. It doesn't tell you exactly how much time. And again, I think the real issue is the question is really not about how much time we need to be in the Word. I think a much better question is the idea of: Am I a living sacrifice? Is hmm. this showing up in my life? You mentioned a second ago the two ticket idea. And this is what I was trying to get at on Sunday. Uh, we're we're not really our number one thing relating to the word is not to know the word. I don't know that sounds terrible, but let me finish that. If you think our number one thing is to obey God, to love God, we love God by obeying. That's how we relate to Him. If you say, "Well, it's about knowing the the word," I would say, "No, knowing, reading God's word, and and hiding it in your heart and letting it mold you." That's a means to the end. That's not the end is to know God. You say, well, why are you saying knowing God's word is not important? It's super important. It's just not the end goal. It's a means to an end. It's a two-ticket ride. And if you say, well, why do you think that? Well, 
if you think about it, Jesus picks the 12 disciples, right? Mm-hmm. And granted, they had gone, I'm sure in their Jewish upbringing, knew the word somewhat, but he doesn't pick a single Pharisee or Sadducee. No, no one from the A-team. No one from the academic, we yeah. really know the Torah backward and forward yeah, guys. If you're going to start a global church movement, basically a new religion, however you want to say right. it, uh, you would usually pick the scholars, yes. the people who know what they're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the biggest scholars of the, of the Word, the people who knew the Bible the best in his day, he not only doesn't pick them, he roasts them. <laughs> he, I mean, he says things to them like, your father is the devil, mm-hmm. you're a whitewashed tomb, mm. you're a brood of vipers. I mean, this is not the way to win friends and influence people. This is first century, just great trash talking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. And so why is he so, why is he so harsh with them? He seems to not be on board with the idea of knowing God's word and not doing it. Mm. He would rather associate himself with guys that are maybe a little more ignorant. But another, I heard a guy say one time, I don't need you to memorize 10 verses. I just need you to obey one of them. Oof. Say that again. I don't need you to memorize 10 verses. I just need you to obey one of them. So the question is, how much time should I spend in the Word? The better question is, is my life reflecting? Am I being obedient? And so that's now, of course, that is a little bit dicey because the Bible also says in Jeremiah that our, we're, our heart is desperately wicked and can't, you know, who can know it? We're not the best judge of our, uh, how we follow God. And so this is like where our I, feelings. Like Jared 17, 9. Yes. Is, yeah. Oh, your feelings. And even, I mean, I can rationalize every decision I make, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. You're, you're a logical guy. Well, I can, I think we can all justify our sin. Yeah. Well, but, but see what happened? Uh, but okay. Anyway. So this is where the issue of accountability comes in. If you can f- ever find somebody that will speak truth to you in your life mm-hmm. and will be this independent third party person that will help answer this question. Am I following Jesus? Am I living a living sacrifice kind of lifestyle, a fully devoted lifestyle, a life that is a, you know, am I speaking with more grace than I was a year ago? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, are my finances more in line with what God's calling me to than it was a year ago? Um, am I loving my wife and laying my life down for her more than I was a year ago? I, I can kind of make a judgment on that, but I really need probably some account somebody else to say, Hey man, you're still, you know, speaking ugly to your wife. That's got to end like today. Mm -hmm. Um, the bigger question of how much time should I spend in the word every day to me should be enough that it's affecting my life. (laughs) Yeah. If I'm spending two hours a day in the word, but as my illustration from Sunday, but I go around and I'm a jerk all day. Okay. Then you're asking the wrong question. Mm -hmm. Uh, although if I spend 10 minutes a day, but man, I am really committed to, if I see something this morning, I am going to do that. Mm-hmm. That's really the goal, not amount of time spent in the Word. Yeah. And I, I mean, we all know that the days are evil. They get away from us. Uh, everything from your your work, your family. I mean, it all. If, if our goal is just to be with God all day, that like you're talking about, if, if our goal is to sit with Him and to know Him and to, to absorb these things from His Word, yeah. yeah, we can't really do that for the... 12 plus hours that we're doing our sure. day and then just kind of move on. Like, I yeah. mean, we have job, we have real life. So how, yeah. How do we interact with that? And it's just interwoven with all of it. Yeah. And man, you opened up so many avenues of conversation from accountability to submitting to one another. The yes. one that, that kind of gets me excited and thinking about, like you said, get leading to action 
is that there's kind of this gravity thing that happens, right? Yes. Like we we fill our heads. You talked about this in the sermon. The, the input. Mm-hmm. What is the input? Mm-hmm. And so the input must be number one, the Word of God. Yep. Like data shows no it. No question. Life shows it. Biblical engagement just transforms the mind. This is verse two, renewing yes. the mind. Yes. But then. Just if if simple uh, biology and gravity work well, the that just leads down and gravity drips down to the heart. Yeah. And when you're feeling it, when you're passionate about it, when it's what you want to do, it will lead to your hands, right? Yes. So you eventually get to that action part. So um, yeah, I want to talk to for those maybe who weren't there, who was thinking about it, or uh, that card that you handed out is burning mm-hmm. a hole in their pocket, mm-hmm. figuring out what they're going to write on it. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about that next step that you gave everybody. Okay. Uh, again, there were really two next steps. One was just this, again, what you were saying. It, I said in my sermon, you, I don't know anybody that lives the kind of lifestyle that Paul's talking about there in, in verse one, that also is not a student of the word of God. So mm-hmm. you, so earlier it sounded like maybe I was downplaying reading God's word. I'm not downplaying it. I'm just saying that's not the end all. That's not the end game. It's just reading. So that was one thing is application is make sure you're in the word and obeying it. Now, what you're referencing is we handed out a card and we talked about again earlier about identity. And so I just, I'm a visual learner. <laughs> I need reminders. Uh, you know, you come and you hear a guy talk on Sunday and uh, the stats are that I'll forget 90% of what he said by like time I go to lunch. So I always feel like we need a reminder. So this card uh, on one side had the the passage, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. On the other side, the side that I want people to see every morning this week and really hopefully maybe the rest of their lives, but um, said, I am a, and in all bold, all caps, I am a Christ follower mm-hmm. who also happens to be a, and then there was a blank. So you put in, I'm a mom, I'm a accountant, I'm whatever. Uh, so many of these other things that we find our identity in. Yeah. And it's that prioritizing and so, and I, I said, you could put it on your bathroom mirror, the first thing you see, then I made a joke that or it wasn't really a joke. So many of us, the very first thing that our eyes see when we get, wake up in the morning is our phone. We reach for our phone. And so I would literally lay that card on top of your phone so that the first thing you see, the first thing input into your brain that day is a reminder, oh yeah, I am a Christ follower. Mm-hmm. I'm a Christ follower. That's what I'm here for. I'm not here to make money. Um, I'm not here to, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not even here. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that's the main thing that I think would set your day differently. So then a decision comes up, you know, at lunchtime. Hopefully, if you continue to remind yourself, I'm primarily a Christ follower, then that dictates, okay, how, what decision do I make here? Well, a Christ follower would do this, so that's what I'll do. Mm-hmm. You know, oh man, I've got, I've got, we were going to go and, and serve someone tonight, but I'm kind of tired. Yeah, I know you're tired, but you know what? The Lord will give me the strength to follow his will. And so, yeah, we're doing this. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that, that was the card just to, to, just to keep it on the forefront, the burner of our mind. We can't have our mind renewed if we're not putting truth into it. And it comes back to identity. That was it the always whole thing. comes back to identity. It's identity, identity, identity. identity. Who are you? All like, those big questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? Yeah. How do I know what to do? All the big questions of life are pretty much answered in identity. Well, there's a book, uh, The Truest Thing About You. 
in Tarunip, for anyone who hasn't read it, basically, <laughs> Spoiler alert. yeah, if everything was basically if you had a job life, everything stripped away. Like you lose your job, your family, your friends. There's accusations against you, even if they're false. Everything's taken away from you. What do you have? Uh-huh. Like when everything is taken away, or when your life ends, what do you have? You're not taking a lot of this with you. Yeah. And so there's some relationships, and then obviously, hopefully, as we focus on here, the disciples that you've made. But when it comes down to it. Uh, who kind of when Jesus asked the ultimate question, who do you say I am? Who do you say Jesus is? Yep. And that's your identity. Yep. Because then he he then gives you everything, right? When you respond to that. Yes. So uh I, I want to ask one of the other questions that came in. Um you talked about input output. Mm-hmm. Really, uh I think a way to phrase this question uh, that they ask is what are the inputs that you have? Like give us examples of the inputs that people could find or use mm-hmm. to change their output, right? Yeah. 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 Um, again, it's, it, gosh, it's really not rocket science. It, it, this is not a hard concept to understand. It's a hard concept. It's a hard discipline to put in my life. Hmm. So what inputs, the primary one is the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good answer, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Accompanied very closely with time and prayer. So if, let me, what do I mean by that? Before you sit down to read God's word, you need to actually probably first pray. And you need to say, God, I want to hear words of life from you. I, I'm open to instruction. I want to, I want my life to mirror, to be molded into an image of Jesus. And so I, I want to hear what you're about to tell me. And and if you're really bold, you'll pray this prayer. And God, before I even read this, my answer is yes, I will mm. obey you. Um, that's a careful for that one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I've ever prayed it like that. But yeah. If you say, God, I'm about to read. And if you tell me to do something, I'm going to do it. Well, watch out. Mm. Um, so prayer and word are, are probably one A and one B. Um, I think being around other believers also is a huge input for me. Um, I have the privilege of working at a church, so I'm around Christ followers a lot. So I'm I'm not experiencing the temptation, the 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 push to conform my thinking to the way of the world too much. Um, but for the, all of our folks in our church that don't work here, I would assume you're around a lot of people that again are pushing you. So you need you need these relationships with other brothers and sisters. And you know I don't know if just an hour on Sunday is going to get it done. Mm-hmm. So I think word, prayer, other believers um, are the the three primary inputs uh, for having your mind renewed and, yeah. and being reminded we, ha- you know, what Paul's talking about when he says, therefore, in light of the view of the mercies of God, he's basically saying, I just explained the gospel to you. Mm-hmm. We need to hear the gospel like every three minutes. <laughs> and it's funny because a lot of people say, oh, the gospel, that's the thing for, for lost people. So they'll get saved. Well, the problem with that thinking is Paul talked about the gospel in almost every one of his letters to the churches. Well, who goes to the churches? Hopefully Christ the, followers. the Christians, yeah. <laughs> so why does he keep preaching the gospel to Christ followers? Because we need it. It's the motivating factor to be the living sacrifice. So uh, being around other brothers and sisters, being in church on Sundays, you know, for corporate worship, being in, in a life group, being in a D group, whatever, all these things are inputs for me. When I hear about someone else and how they're, you know, raising their kid mm-hmm. and, oh, they're praying with their kid before they put them to bed every night. Man, God, we ought to be doing that. Yeah. 
Oh, y'all are doing the Bible. Uh, what's the the kids Bible Bible storybook? I think it's called that. Jesus storybook. Bible. Jesus. That's it. Yeah, I'm not so good with the nouns. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I hear some. You know. So if I'm around other believers, that pushes me to to be have my thinking transformed and not be conformed to this world. Yeah. So those are the inputs. Part of this question also that somebody asked was how do I, um, how do we gain the discipline and discernment to change the inputs and not just fall into what's comfortable like mindless or harmful social media? Um, I don't know for everyone else. I just know how I work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if I have it on my calendar, I pretty much do it. If I don't have it on my calendar, there's a Chances very are, iffy chance. Yeah. Uh, I just won't forget. I've got too much going on. And so if, if this has been a struggle to discipline yourself to be in the word and to, and to be getting that, the truth input that you need, my question to you would be, is it, have you calendared it? I mean, literally like pull up your phone, pull up your calendar and at six 30 in the morning from six 30 to seven or whatever, have you calendared it? If you think of it, like what if your boss of your company came to you and said, Hey, every Every morning when you get in, I want to meet with you for 15 minutes to just kind of go over some stuff with the company. You'd be like, whoa, okay. You wouldn't be late. You wouldn't miss that. You wouldn't oversleep that too much. I mean, you'd be like, wow, the boss wants to talk to me. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to make sure I'm there. I'm going to put it in my, my calendar. Well, the king of the universe wants to meet with you. <laughs> Set a few extra alarms. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I... I just think a simple thing is to use this tool of the calendar that God's given us. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not saying that always solves it, but, but folks that don't have it in their calendar and say, man, I'm really struggling with this. My first thing is put it in your calendar. Pretend the boss of your company wants to meet with you every day. What's that old thing of show me your calendar and your bank account and I'll show yes. you your priorities. Yes. So um, yeah, it does. If, whether you're driving, you're mowing the yard, you're cleaning your house and listening to this podcast, um, this is a good input. Not that me or Chris have all the answers, but just no. seeking out any wisdom, any understanding, um, any discussion around the word, around God's will for your life oh, is a good I throw input. in a couple other it. inputs I just thought of? Mm -hmm. Podcasts, but, uh, and also uh, worship music. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I think if you said, Hey, this week driving to and from work, I'm either going to listen to a podcast or just listen to some music that focuses me on the Lord and what he's done in the gospel. Uh, I'd be interested to hear from you after a week or two, how your life is different. Well, it may tune your attitude walking into work. hundred percent. If you go listen to, and it's not bad to be aware of what's going on. But if you go listen to just all things politics or government mm. or what's going on in the world, you either may be really sad and you can pray to the Lord about that, or you may actually, some people get very angry. Yes. So you may be walking into work already thinking, man, this stinks. So wait a minute. Are you saying that politics leads to anger? I don't, that's just news <laughs> to me. Everybody write this down right now. <laughs> but really, yeah. No, the no, idea that, yes, if, yeah. if you're, if you're dwelling on these things, like Paul says in Philippians, that we're really meditating on the positive things in life, the truths and mm -hmm, all things mm -hmm. uh, righteous that the Lord's provided, then that will shape your mind. Yep. Yeah. Which will shape your attitude and shape your actions. Yeah. So um, again, if you're listening to this, driving, working, whatever it is, uh, we just encourage you, again, if you want to reach out with any kind of questions, question, uh, text question two nine six one two three. Uh, next week, uh, we actually have Justin Hornsby, our worship pastor. He'll be preaching, and um, from what I hear, he's pretty good. Man, so. I've said it before. <clears throat> that ain't fair. <laughs> like, I'm not even really good at one thing. 
Mm-hmm. And he's good at too. I told him this to his face. <clears throat> I think he cheated and like God was giving out like talents. And then he just, everybody kind of gets their talent and walks away. And then he just got back in line and got another one. Well, it's not fair. I'll make sure that he doesn't listen to this before next Sunday. You don't want to get all big headed and stuff. Dude, so. he is freakishly good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Thank you for listening. And um, yeah, tune in, uh, like it, subscribe, share it with a friend. And uh, thank you, Chris, for all the answers. <laughs> I don't know about that. Hey, be a living sacrifice this week. See ya. Thank you for joining us this week on Q&A at Deeper Dive. We hope you'll like, subscribe, and share this podcast along with others. You can submit your questions by texting question to 96123, and we'll discuss those each week. Again, thank you for joining us.